previously on the Skywalk. Jeff, in our next episode, Uh-oh. people, you are not ready. You are in for a treat. For Jeff's theory. Jeff's theory it explains the secret to unlocking everything that's happened. It is the key, Brett. From the fa- yes, it's the key that unlocks everything from Phantom Menace until the Rise of Skywalker. Jeff, you've given me a little, uh, some little tidbits about it. I can just and tell this you, is fully researched, Brett. Fully researched. So Jeff's got so much uh, supporting evidence that he will provide, and everything I've heard so far just has me super excited. So listeners, stay tuned. So here's my theory. And here's the thing. I wish um, I came up with this theory actually a month ago. Okay. Before the trailer oh, I, came I can, out. I can testify to I that. I believe that a lot of people will say, oh, well, everyone already thought of this. And I'm sure there's other people who've already come out with this theory, who've put it on YouTube and made, you know, little twists and turns mm-hmm. uh, with it. Yeah. But I, um, you know, full disclosure, I came up with this theory just thinking about Star Wars. That, uh, Jeff, I want to say it was more more than a month ago because you told me you had this. You only gave me slight hints as to Did what I? it was about. Yeah. Okay. But that was more than a month ago. That was easily a month and a half to two months ago. Really? That you first made me aware of this. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say that I, I flushed out a few more details okay. and f- f- did a little bit more research. Okay. Um, and that that's where I came to a fully realized theory about, oh, a, about a month ago. Okay. Uh, two months ago, I had the idea. So your idea has gone gold. Yes. Okay. And the trailer has only done more wow. to solidify it. Wow. Okay. All right. So the first part I'm going to open up with is in uh, Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. Palpatine is talking to Anakin. And he says that the Sith uh, have done things that are considered or to be considered unnatural ah. <laughs> and I love I, I love that quote yeah because the point is that he said to fully understand the force mm-hmm. you need to understand not just what the Jedi think but you need to understand what the Sith do as well so that you can have a mastery huh and to me that is the temptation right. that's the temptation that has always been put out there for Jedi for anyone who is force sensitive is the idea and the curiosity of what I do not know. Right. And curiosity to me is one of the biggest uh, motivations for what has pushed most Jedi to the dark side. Now, there's a ton of Sith who start out Sith. Okay. Who, you know, they have they don't care about the good side of the Force anyway. Right. They, they want to go full hog. Yep. All the way, like they're they're eating in the, the entire pig. Yeah. All right. They, like you know, I don't want I don't want just ribs. Yeah. I want fr- I want chitlins. Yeah. I want I want fried skin. Yeah. Like the whole deal. So for them, yeah, they're they're going all the way. They they're Sith all the way. They're darkness all the way. Yeah. But most a lot of Jedi have started out on the good side, and then they become the Sith because of the curiosity. Okay. And they want to solve a problem that they feel that just being a Jedi won't be able to allow them to do. All right. And this is where Anakin comes in. Well, part of doing something that was unnatural, that was confirmed in the prequel trilogies, okay? Not in, this was not confirmed in the original, but in the prequel trilogy, it was confirmed that uh, clones are possible. Right. 
All right, and what uh, where clones come from and how to make them. And they can come from the planet um, Kaminoa. Camino. Camino. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Jeff is called quinoa. Quinoa. Yeah. Uh, Camino. Yeah. And there they have created the clone army. Yeah. And the clone army is literally based off of the DNA of one person. Yeah. Jango Fett. Right. And to me, the interesting fact. Or as I call him, Mike and the Mechanics. Right. Go on. And the interesting factoid that comes from that is that Jango Fett decided that as payment for providing the DNA for the clone army, he wanted to have his own personal clone. And feel free to, you know, snippet this in, Brett, into the podcast. Yeah. Where he says uh, the the, uh, person on on Kamino tells uh, the Jedi... um, Master Sifo Dias. Well, not Master Sifo Dias, but... um, (laughs) I just wanted to say that. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. He he actually tells Obi-Wan Kenobi that... Jango Fett wanted a clone that was entirely based on himself 100%, but without the aging factor. Oh. And I thought that was very interesting. Wait, now that comes from the movies? Or does that come from? Yes, that was mentioned, that was literally mentioned in the movie. Really? For Attack of the Clones. So in Attack of the Clones, they say who Boba Fett where Boba Fett comes from. Right. Boba Fett is 100% the DNA of Jango Fett without the aging factor and uh, given all the, given all the, uh, without any of the, t- the precognitive tools so that he is literally trained by Jango Fett. Okay. And, but they don't me, mention the age, the age factor. Thing, they do. Okay? They really? Do. Yes. Okay. Because all of the other clones, they do have an aging factor that's, ah. that's that's literally baked in. Okay. That says that we want we want them to age faster. But now are you certain that none of this comes from the Clone Wars animated series? No. Okay. I'm, All right. I'm, I'm All right. Positive. Okay. That's, go ahead. And that's the other. I reason. know you've researched this. Thoroughly, yeah. Yeah. So that okay, I, I did because yep. I only here's the thing I only want this theory to come from watching the movies. Right. Yeah. And it okay. does. All right. All right. So that's point number one. That's where you start. Yeah. Um, the fact that Jango Fett is a clone. Uh, to me, the second part is um, it does come from – now, this actually comes from canon, but it's from the comics. And in the comics, they prove to us that Palpatine, in the Darth Vader comic, that Palpatine was actually – had a strong influence in creating Anakin Skywalker. Right. Yeah. And he actually purposely – uh, created Anakin Skywalker within Shmi Skywalker. Right, and and for the listener, this is recent. This, this was, is recent. This it's, just it is came now, out. It's new, but, but it's it was now, last. It was it came out last year. It's now canonical. Yeah, right. And I would consider it a part of canon. So I I I take that as a fact. Right. No, and and they do. Right. Yeah. Lucasfilm considers it part of canon. Not and not to mention, if again, if we go back to Revenge of the Sith, and Palpatine is show, is relating the story of Sifo-Dyas. Yeah. He says one of the things that were done with uh, be doing or unnatural things was literally creating life yep. with uh, the manipulation of the Force. Right. What is one reason that you would want to create life with manipulation of the Force? Well, the discussion was opened up because you wanted to be able to save a life. Right. Or because you wanted to have immortality. Yeah. 
And if in if if it's one thing that the Sith have always wanted is immortality. Mm-hmm. That's what they're after. And in Star Wars, the original trilogy in The First A New Hope, Ben Kenobi relates to Darth Vader that I'm going to become something greater than you could ever think of. Because why? Because the Sith don't know how to become Force Ghosts. It is something that is taught to Ben Kenobi by who? Yoda. Mm -hmm. And again, that is something we learn in Revenge of the Sith. Yep. So all of these points point to the fact that my theory is that Palpatine's purpose was not just that he wanted to create clones that are imbued with the knowledge of military skill, but that he wanted to create a clone that is imbued with the force, with the purpose of immortality, Hmm. not for anyone but himself. So would this be a transference of his consciousness into a new body or would it be a complete clone and they would had he lived they would both have consciousness i would say that that was his purpose but there was only one thing that he knew absolutely that he could do he could create a clone that was imbued with the force whether it's him or someone else that was his purpose to imbue a clone with the force because if you can imbue a a clone with knowledge the very next step is to imbue a, cl- a clone with the force. Okay. Now, I'm not going to bring it into this. Is There have been video games that are based on this premise. And they're called the, the called the Forced Unleashed, mm-hmm. Unleashed mm-hmm. series. Yeah. And some people have seen this, some people haven't. But I believe that they have tried to bring this into canon for some time. And this theory, I believe, brings it all together. Because now we skip ahead to the um, after trilogy, um, after the original trilogy trilogy, which some people call the sequel trilogy, the sequel co- yeah, trilogy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And with that, my theory is that Ray has the vision that she actually has no one as parents. Well, what beings in the Star Wars universe don't have parents? Anakin. Yeah, and not just Anakin. Yeah, all clones don't have oh, parents. Right, all clones. All right. So even though they know they came, the all clones come from Jango Fett. They don't consider consider Jango Fett a parent. Now Boba Fett considers Jango right. Fett a parent. Yeah. And why is that? Because he doesn't have the aging factor, and because he may have been imbued with the military skill, but he still has to be trained. Right. And he's basically raised by Jango Fett. Right. Where the clones weren't. And guess who was raised by Palpatine? Anakin Skywalker. Yep. Anakin Skywalker has basically, yeah. and he truly does, yep. I, I really do believe that he considers Palpatine his father. Right. Though his interactions throughout the prequel trilogy are similar to a father giving advice to his son. Right. And... The reason why Vader is not just uh, looking for Luke Skywalker, it's not just because he's his son. It's because he sees him as an asset to overthrow Palpatine because Mm -hmm. he is imbued with the force, the same type of amount of force that he has. Okay. I believe that Palpatine created Rey, that Palpatine created Rey as a clone. The question is, 
whose DNA does it come from? Hmm. I believe the DNA comes from Luke Skywalker. I believe that it comes from, and here's the twist. I believe that the DNA comes from Luke Skywalker's hand that was severed by Darth Vader. I believe that's why she is able to call to Luke to the original uh, lightsaber of Anakin Skywalker. Huh. I believe that the reason the DNA is there is because she actually is related to the Skywalker family, that she was created by Palpatine from Luke's hand, and that she is imbued with the Force. Huh. And so his entire point is that his solution is I can't create a clone that's fully baked or already has age. I can't imbue that type of clone with the Force. But what I can do is imbue a um, a baby clone with the Force and allow the Force to awaken within that clone. Oh, my goodness, Jeff. Like the poison pill. Yes. Wow. So it's it's um, that's that's my full theory that that Ray is imbued with the force. The reason that she's able to learn so quickly mm-hmm. is because she's not just a regular human. She is a clone. The reason why she has an affinity for Finn, she's a clone. The reason that she is looking for purpose, she's a clone. Hmm. She needs to be directed mm-hmm. because she's a clone. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just makes so much sense. Like, why would she have automatic affinity for Han and Leia? Because the Skywalker DNA is within her. It makes sense, Jeff. And not going to lie. What does Kylo see? (laughs) So what does Kylo see when he breaks up into her mind? A challenge. Not just a challenge. He sees the fact that she's imbued with the force and how. Right. I think he knows the truth. Huh. That would wow! That would be fascinating. So, uh, everything I've seen. Even so if he far, doesn't, Jeff. Even if he doesn't, the thing about her doesn't. being dropped off by these bums on Jakku, that can be anyone. That can be whoever be she anyone. shipped off with. Like, just get rid of her, or just leave her here, or, or whatever. Or directed. Right. It could be right. It could be a, a very meticulously chosen location for her to grow up. Yeah. We just don't know. Um, but either way, if mm, she's a clone, yeah. it just answers everything that you see in The Last Jedi. Yeah. And it answers a lot from The Force Awakens, like you said. Yeah. Her being drawn to the lightsaber. Jeff. And it provides a link, Brett, to everything we've seen. Everything that we've seen from the first two trilogies. It could actually give Maz some significance, right? Because she's the one who got the lightsaber. Right. And... We don't know how, and she was pretty coy about that, too. Yeah. So it would make sense if there was some significance behind that. It would lend weight to J.J.'s story. Now, Jeff, I am not quite willing to now, give J.J. the benefit of the doubt of right. having thought all this through. No, and I'm still open to the fact that yeah. this theory is completely wrong. Right. I actually, I'm okay with that. You know what? But, but, Jeff, this is a lot better. I like your theory. I like it a lot. I love it. I, I, like, I like it better then like, I just can't imagine J.J. coming up with an idea that I would be as satisfied with as what you're describing. <laughs> and I don't know if you realize this, yeah. Jeff. Maybe you do, but there's a production thing that supports your theory as well. Sometimes we talk about how real-world stuff informs okay. what we can figure out about what will happen in the fake world, okay. which is that the Force Awakens opening was originally... Luke Skywalker's hand 
grasping the lightsaber floating through space. Do you know this, Jeff? I had no idea. Jeff, this- And here's, and th- wow. Yeah. You are blowing my yeah, yeah. mind, man. Yeah, so, so the, okay. the, the way we, this came to light right. was somebody, I think it was a leak before The Force Awakens, where somebody's like, I know what happens in the movie. And they listed all this stuff, and most of it was right, but they said it opens up with Luke's hand with the lightsaber in it. That, you know, the, the hand that he lost yeah, yeah. on Cloud City. Yeah. Um, and then so then when the movie came out and that wasn't there, people were like, ah, that was bogus. But then you find out later that that was J.J.'s original Intent. opening for the meeting for the movie and that that changed right. later on. So the fact that and Kathleen Kennedy said that Palpatine had been in their plans, that they had been thinking about him even during the production of The Force Awakens. We know that the... Death Star ruins that we see at the end mm-hmm. of the Rise of Skywalker trailer. Yep. That's in the concept art. Is it for the Force Awakens? Yeah, the art. Oh, of really? The Force Awakens, Jeff. Man, you got to get on these books, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> see, these are <laughs> right. people. These are the two different types of books, Jeff. Me, Jeff, and I read. <laughs> Jeff reads books with words. Yeah, yes. I read books with pictures. You do. Yeah. You do. So there's a lot of things that support that. And the thing is, Jeff. So the concern, the concern I had when. I saw the trailer for the first time, is how do you bring Palpatine back in a way that makes sense? Ah. And this, see, now when you explain this to me, that I can buy. And that would give me less trepidation. Okay. And it may sound, I think if you were to just, I appreciate you developing the argument. Yeah, I didn't want, I didn't want people to think, oh yeah, he's, he's just, he, you right. know, he just saw the trailer right. and this is what he came up with. Jeff, like, if you no, tell somebody on the street after, like if you, in, yeah. if you, you get people coming out of that panel and be like, oh, hey, guess what? He's a clone. They'd just be like, that's stupid. Yeah. But when you actually develop it logically, which I'm certain if, if this is true, yeah. It would be developed throughout the course of the movie. You get a little bit here. You get a little piece there. And things start to fall into place to where it's right. not a wild theory. It actually fits with everything we know. Hmm. And, there's, you know, in any movie, that's the way. If somebody tells you the end of Avengers Endgame right now, right. you're just going to be like, well, that's silly. Or that's obvious. Or that's dumb. Whatever. Because you don't know how we got there. And, and, and that's one of the reasons I like my theory is because my theory doesn't explain the ending of the Skywalker saga. Right. It just explains how we got here. Yeah. And I like – and that's what right. I appreciate, Jeff. Because be see, to, to me, this would make The Force Awakens a better movie, right? D- to, to me, this theory makes The Last Jedi a better movie. See, I just didn't need that. It, but, you know, I get I your understand, point. <laughs> but, but it – Here's yeah. my point. Is well, I just love that it fits with both, Jeff. I, and this is what I. Th- this is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that J.J. Abrams, no matter what. Yep. And I, I'm still willing to put out there. This theory could be completely off base. Right. Completely. Right. right. But I do know this. This movie at, does connect to Last Jedi. Yep. And just for that alone, J.J. Abrams was tasked to lending credibility not to The Force Awakens but to The Last Jedi. Hmm. He needs to do that. Right. And I don't think that's just a, you know, to me, that's not just fanboy talking. Right. I think that's like the populace and making sure that this movie is revenue generating, mm-hmm. not lucrative, revenue generating, that he has to lend credibility to The Last Jedi. Huh. See, now, I, as someone who loves The Last Jedi. Yes. And I know you do. I... 
I agree with you, but I don't think it. I don't think the Last Jedi needs that any more than the Force Awakens did. Which is to say, I think they both need it. But they both need it. I think but that here's the Last the Jedi actually explained a lot of the things that we didn't understand from the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and so I think it's fair that Episode Nine do the same thing with the Last Jedi. There we go. Yeah. But my the only difference is Brett that he didn't direct. The Last Jedi. Right. So we know he, it's going to be easy right. for him. And he's to, talked about the challenge yeah. of so it, doing that. Yeah. So it's going to be easy for him to connect it to Force Awakens. Right. Because he came up with a story for Force Awakens. Right. What I'm saying is. But in a way is, that doesn't discard what yes. happened in The Last Jedi. So because that's what everyone expects. It's right. going. It would be easy for J.J. Abrams to just skip Last Jedi mm-hmm. and say, you know what? You can watch Force Awakens and Episode Nine right. and be cool. Right. No, I want him to make a movie where you have to watch Last Jedi to understand the rise of Skywalker. And to me, this theory lends credence to that. I'm sure there's other theories that could do that as well. Yeah. yeah. But it's also a theory that I don't want to take full credit for because, like I said, this theory has been used before. It's been twisted in different ways, but this movie, this re, uh, theory has been used before in the video games for Star Wars. Right. By Jeff, you've, and you've made a case for it, right? It's like yeah. we have the dead body, but we need to <laughs> prove that this is the person. CSI, who killed, my friend. Right? Like we need the evidence. Yeah. And you found a lot of connecting points to where this all fits together. Like I'm not the fact that I'm not sitting here saying, yeah, but how do you explain this? Because I'm not, I'm not thinking of any of those. You know, I'm sure people can find yeah. that stuff, right? But again, this is a made-up world. Right. So you're really not trying to find something that's 100% airtight because that's virtually impossible exactly. in, a, in a made-up universe. Yeah. Um, you're trying to find something that makes a that's lot of plausible. sense. Right. That's not going to be just like immediately, oh, that doesn't make sense because it contradicts this. Um, but something that, you know, come on, with the benefit of the doubt, like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. And Jeff, I can only hope <laughs> that if this isn't, what J.J. Abrams is doing, that he's doing something as good. Similar. Similar. As good. Or if, if it's, it could be completely different, but if it made this much sense. Because that's probably my biggest concern is that, you know, look, to your point, The Last Jedi, we know, very divisive. Mm-hmm. I love it. You don't love it. And that's kind of the divide across Star Wars fandom. Yeah. Some people love it. Some I people like don't. it. You I like just it. don't love it. Right. And some people hate it. Yeah. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the easy thing is, and when I saw the trailer, maybe my biggest concern was that it was so fanservice-y, right? That it was so like, hey, didn't like The Last Jedi? Well, you might like this, <laughs> right? Which is fine too. That, because that, I, you know, I got to say, Brett, that was my reaction number 15. Right? And I think it's interesting that you have that reaction and I have that reaction and we're on different sides of the Last Jedi controversy. Right. Um, but we both felt like, yeah, this is kind of saying like, hey, come back. You know, if you if, if you checked out on that one, you should come back in now. Um, but to have it would be wonderful, Jeff. I mean, this is episode nine is the ultimate reunion. It's bringing everything it's back together. And if it could somehow to any small degree reunite even the fan base in a way that, you know, people who hate The Last Jedi can at least recognize, well, it fits actually fits into the story. These pieces fit well together and become a little more accepting of it. I think that's fantastic. Brett, do you think that episode nine, this is my, this is a genuine question for you. Do you think episode nine can be good enough to make any fan of Star Wars, no matter what generation, want to review all of the trilogies. Man, that's a good question, Jeff. I think so. This is something that I think we should save for our next episode. Because I like it. A question I've had in mind, Jeff, is 
you know, it's been said, this is the end of the Skywalker saga, which is very interesting when the movie's called The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. But they're saying this is the end of this storyline. Um, and I wonder, and then they announced, Jeff, that there's a Star Wars celebration happening next year. Yes. Right? And there are no movies confirmed. But Brett, let the past die. I know. Kill it if you have to. Well, here's my point. I'm happy to do that, Jeff. My question is, will it ever be as special again? Being in that room for the panel or the overflow audience where you're watching it with, uh, you know, thousands of other diehard Star Wars fans all together in one room, seeing it either in person or on a big screen, the excitement and the chills you get from that are like nothing else. Jeff, I remember, you know, (laughs) from the years uh, from the original trilogy, growing up all the way up, leading up to The Phantom Menace, any big movie that came out, I could get excited. But I remember every time, Jeff, sitting there watching Jurassic Park for the first time in 1993 on a Thursday night. It was a big day. But when those words come up, all I could think is like, this is so cool, but imagine if this was the opening crawl of a Star Wars movie, right? Like <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. is the same as yeah, seeing nothing the same. The the Fox drums, nope. the you know Star Wars coming on screen long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Just that quote, just right. seeing that quote right. on screen, you're like, right. oh, I'm there. As I'm there. As, as good as other things have been, you know, there've been amazing movies made in that span of time, mm-hmm. but it's nothing like the start of another Star Wars movie. And so my my question is, will it ever be that special again? I know they're going to make other Star Wars mm-hmm. movies that will explore different parts of the timeline, yeah. different parts of the galaxy. Uh, it'll explore things in between, and that's wonderful. But this is a saga that has continued that we're still not quite at the end at, uh, yeah. at the end of. And to see that come up for the last time is going to be very emotional. And I just wonder if it can ever have that feeling again of mm. an episodic chapter of the Skywalker saga for Star Wars. Let us know what you think, Move Milkers. Will it ever be this special? And the question is not, will it be as good? No, no. They can make special. movies that are better in the Different future. Special. And I certainly hope that they do. This is Jeff. This is Brett. And we're just talking about Star Wars all the time on the Skywalk.